made sort of a comment about like you're like a 90s boy band outcast at which point jeff said i'm lawrence Bates. i'm lawrence Bath. none of this is making the final cut <laughs> this episode <laughs> this is where the episode starts is right here so we just tried to explain an in joke it's, it's not gonna happen welcome to show bros the voice you're hearing right now is me i'm matt the other voice you're hearing is jeff jeff what's going on welcome back everybody uh i guess we should start by talking about you know what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks while we've been off the air, Matt. Um, you know, Showbros has for a really long time been a a thirty minute half hour show where we talk about either a show or an episode of a show, uh, and we talk in general about our feels for it for fifteen minutes, and then we try to get a little bit deeper into some criticism and talk about why something is the way it is and why we like it or or dislike it based on a little bit more of the film criticism that kind of got us started in in doing this podcast but recently we've been looking at kind of changing things up right matt we've been we've been trying to think about changing it and where we want to get to is being a little less explainer a little less free film school experience but if you liked that don't worry there'll still be some of that in there we just sort of want to experience more tv um, and more media we're in this era right now and i say we not just jeff and i but all of us wherein access to entertainment and to media is higher than it's ever been. I mean, you could sign up for a Netflix account for however many dollars a month and have access to thousands of titles. So what we've both been noticing is, like, at least our cues have gone a little bit stagnant. So what we originally intended to do for our next episode, the one we're in right now, was to watch some K-dramas, which neither of us has much experience with, and we've heard nothing but good things about, and sort of do the traditional showbros thing, pick a show see why it ticks, go deeper. But instead, we ended up just saying, you know, what if we audition like four or five shows for the listener? Like, what if we do the work of diving in and checking out a few episodes of things to see, you know, if y'all might like it? So that's going to be our new focus. So Jeff and I are going to be looking at the streaming services or just what's on TV, picking a bunch of stuff you probably haven't seen and trying to find you those hidden gems, trying to find you those new discoveries that are going to end up in your queue and end up being not only our new obsessions for Jeff and I, but yours too. So Jeff, that's what I think the new direction is. And unless I've totally misunderstood our text message thread, I think you're, I think you're on the same page. That is page. how I understand our, right? our new direction as well. It, you know, we really want to help kind of cut the signal to noise ratio out in a way that gets us to new interesting shows and not just rewatching the office again. And, and we want to do that, not just for you, but really, you know, for us, it's really important that we find new things. And I think one of the cool things about kind of going this direction, especially with K drama as kind of the, the start is we're really going to start by jumping into some international TV shows. And we've mentioned this already on the show, but one of the things that's really, really incredible about Netflix is, they are opening up a lot of potential for us to get access to shows from other cultures and other countries that we wouldn't necessarily get otherwise without bootlegging them off the internet. And that's what's kind of exciting for me is opening this format up allows us to get really experimental and just watching a lot of things in the hopes that we find something that we like that gets passed on to you, the listener. So that's kind of what I'm excited for. Well, now that we're at sort of, you, you know where we're at now, audience. 
Jeff Jeff knows where he's at. I know where I'm at. Let's talk a little bit about K-drama. Probably five to six minutes. Um, So for context, I don't know that much about it as an art form at all. I don't know that much about Korean cinema outside of knowing that Old Boy and Snowpiercer exist, which are two very intense movies. Um, Snowpiercer of the two I liked a heck of a lot Mm. more. Chris Chris Evans. (sighs) Tall drink of water, that guy. Um, And Tilda Swinton in that film, too. Also, what a jawline. (laughs) (laughs) The jawlines in the film are worth the... Is Ed Harris in that movie, too? Am I remembering that right? That direct that director just said, "Give me every Western jawline I can get behind," and <laughs> just rolled with it from there. Snowpiercer, uh, Korean and also international sort of multi international mm-hmm. film. Check it out. Um, I know nothing about it though, but I had heard it was really popular with the teens. <laughs> I had heard it was popular with a younger viewing yeah. audience that wasn't just Korean; that was American mm-hmm. too. I mean, where are you coming to K-dramas at, Jeff? With even less than you have. I know, I mean, I really enjoy Old Boy. I really enjoyed Snowpiercer. Uh, and there's another Korean film that I really loved called The Host uh, that I'll throw up there as well. I, you know, so I have a little bit of a dalliance with Korean cinema, uh, specifically in the genre aspect. Uh, but what's interesting about all of those is they kind of play a little bit more towards westernized genre. Um and I had no experience in Korean television. Uh, so, you know, coming to it with a little bit less than even you had, because you did a lot of the research on finding these shows and, and why we were watching them, uh, I was completely and totally unprepared, if you're ready to get into our, our initial feelings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we watched for it, um, Strong Woman uh, Do Bong Soon. Str- strong Girl Bong, bong Soon was the first Perfect. show we watched. There was another one we checked out called One More mm-hmm. Time. There was another one you did a little bit of a dive on cut Hello yep. My Twenties that I didn't get to finish up. And then I dove into another one called Descendants of the Sun, which is supposed to be like a mega hit. Um, we'll start with Strong Girl because that's the one we watched mm-hmm. the most of. So, Jeff, is Strong Girl going to end up on your queue? Is it ending up on your list or it's, is it not? It's not going to end up on my queue or my list, and I'm not going to watch any more of it. And I think it's not because it's bad, but because I'm not ready for it. I feel like of all of the shows, <laughs> what would get you I, ready for more it? More drama, honestly. I think that <laughs> sure, I don't have the visual language required for me to stick in on this show. And so, and I think it's important to kind of make that distinction because I think at some point in the future I would revisit it and maybe like it if I really hang in with the genre, but. For me, one of the big things about it is that I I truly get lost in how quickly things are moving and how much is coming in and out of frame that may or may not really have an impact on the story. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Strong Girl Bong soon, it's a story about a young lady who's trying to secure her first job. I think she's in her middle or late mm-hmm. 20s. Um, she really wants to work in the video game industry. That's her dream in life. Uh, her family's not abundantly supportive of this. They're also not abundantly supportive of her. They're instead desiring her to go get, sort of live more a traditional life, um, get married or find you know a career like that. Um, as a secondary feature to these K-dramas, which it seems like on all the ones we watch, there's always a secondary feature. She mm-hmm. also has superpowers that she yeah. can only use for good. Um, and if she doesn't use her superpowers for good, she almost gets cursed. And the curse is acne. It's like a big thing, yeah. and she loses her superpowers. 
Um, so the show follows her as she's trying to just navigate the professional world, love, romance, and having superpowers. Um, Jeff, I felt a lot like you. This show was visually overwhelming. Its editing style is frenetic. It's constantly, constantly cutting. Yeah. The lighting, the color schemes, it's, it's way over the top in a way I haven't seen before that I thought was super intriguing and endearing. But I felt like I was just like... I was getting hit with way too much all at once. So yeah, maybe this is a genre unfamiliarity thing for me, just because it felt like watching an anime at some points, which I'm very familiar with, with the pacing right. and how fast things move and the backstory. But it's with real people and CGI and more cuts and like more setups. It was just a lot to take in yes. all at once. But I thought the show was super charming. I thought the female lead was really, really good. And there's a, a hipster, skinny Korean boy who rides on a hoverboard everywhere, which I yeah. know tickled your heartstrings. Oh, so. it definitely did. There, so. I mean, there are parts of it that I loved. I really loved the idea of superpowers with a morality clause. I, I'm hooked on that as like a, a story tactic because it's something that we just don't see in Western culture, right? Like the whole idea of superpowers is you get to make your own choices on that. And that's the difference between a villain and a hero so the fact that the powers choose is something that i like i would want to explore the problem is, is that after watching this show for 55 minutes and it's important to note here that because it's a korean television show they're not built on the same uh, time structures that our tv shows are with the commercial break so it's not 42 minutes at least for at the least, ones yeah. we tried yeah we definitely can't say yeah, that scripture but, i mean at sure. this point i've seen several you know we've we've seen four and so at least for these four, but probably for a lot of them, they're not necessarily going to be built around. They were in for the long yeah. haul. Yeah, one-hour exactly. blocks. Almost and that one-hour block was a lot for my brain. And it, you know, it was just yeah. too much for me to go, okay, it's time for a second episode. Let me get in this. I needed like an hour to two to just like let my brain kind of process, which is also digest all the stuff. Yeah, you which just is saw. kind of a, yeah. an interesting concept as well in this kind of age of really trying to get people to binge, and especially you and I, me in particular, who really enjoys watching a lot of TV in a block and doing that kind of binge behavior, to have a show that really makes me stop is, is also kind of a neat thing. So I think that's why I'll probably want to revisit. Yeah, I think we needed to learn a little bit more, like pick up on some more of the trends and the tropes and then maybe come back to yeah. Strong Girl. Because I think of what we watched, it was the strongest. So if you're looking for something to try out... That's the one. And Strong Girl, you know, a, a slice of life sort of soap opera about a girl with superpowers trying to be a video game designer appeals to you give it a try just be ready for lots of fast cutting lots of over-the-top visuals lots of over-the-top storytelling um and just be ready for sure um the next show and actually the least favorite of what i watched but still pretty good was one yeah. more time how would you describe one more time jeff i'll be honest with you i only watched like 10 minutes of it because i didn't like it that much <laughs> then you dipped out yeah uh, one more time is a story about it's a young songwriter and he's in love with a young woman who's in his band and he's just oh, off right yeah, yeah he's just terrible and it's a musical show and boy oh boy if i thought the visuals and the cutting were overwhelming and strong girl bon bong soon it was like way more in this one lot. there's like shots where two characters are just talking to each other on a staircase mm -hmm. And it cuts like 12 times. And the thing is, it seems like what the objective of the filmmakers is, is to show you the best possible angle of these very beautiful, talented people at any given moment. 
but it just gets to the point where like okay i get it they're pretty please let me watch the story or like more than two lines yeah. of dialogue before you cut away because it just kept on taking me right out of the scene um i read it a little bit ahead so it seems like one more time is about this young recording artist signing a major contract at the end of a day and alienating his his love and his friends but then he gets to groundhog day that day over and over again until he gets it all gets mm-hmm. it all correct so again we have a sort of well-tread premise with a supernatural element sort of dug into it uh, one more time um how much of hello my 20s did you get around to i watched uh the entire first episode of the first season and a couple minutes of the second episode uh and and you didn't watch much of this at all right i didn't it was a time thing but i thought this one had the most promise for like cross cross ocean appeal or like american appeal for us and the yeah. reason why is that it was lit and it was shot a little bit more conservatively than the first two episodes, yes. or perhaps more realistically is a more appropriate way to say it. Mm-hmm. And the pacing felt a lot more comfortable. But it I was, only watched you know closer. the first twenty minutes. So talk to me about what you felt about Hello My Twenties. Hello My Twenties is a you know kind of a, a slice of life coming of age story similar to uh, a Strong lot girl. of yeah yeah, and also I was gonna say kind of very similar to, to girls. Or, or a, you know, another kind of show about five to seven female friends in their 20s navigating what it's like to live in a big city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is paced and lit and, and shot a little bit closer to what we'd be comfortable with as a Western audience. And I think that's why I was able to hang in for an entire episode and even try a little bit more. Definitely still cut very quickly. Definitely still has a lot of that fervent pacing. Uh, and they do a lot of interesting overexposure in their lighting. So it's very, very bright. It's very, very uh, kind of pastel color paletted and beautifully well done. Here's the thing about Goodbye or Hello My 20s. The main cast is about 15. What? 15 people? Or is that, cast, a, is that a Korean yes. name I'm not familiar with? 15 people. Jeez. Um, there, there are seven women. There are a bunch of men interests. The have a pretty substantial family extended cast because all of them have their own families as well oh boy um and so one of the things that i will say about hello my 20s is you do need to be prepared to really really watch it uh there's a lot of subplots going on there's a lot of you know family you know c plots and d plots happening Uh, and one of the things that i didn't pick up on because we don't have any real experience in korean television uh but one of the things i realized when i did some research for this episode is they have a incredible number of cameos Hmm. so not only do you have a main cast and uh love interest cast and an extended cast and all of that is a a pretty substantial number of people to keep track of there are a, a great number of people coming in and out of the show as cameos and extras that you're also supposed to kind of get something out of because they're they're Uh, decently well known uh, Korean celebrities. It's sort of like uh, when a celebrity would show up on like a sitcom back in the day, like a celebrity yeah, would show up and like married with children or something, and it'd be like, oh, sure. I, okay, them, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Or, or in a much smaller way, like when Will Ferrell had that like two episode guest arc on The Office. Sure. I think yeah. there's a lot of that going on here that we're not really seeing, but is meant to really be a big part of the show as well. I gotcha. So that would never really land with us unless we got like no. way deep down the rabbit hole on this. Yeah. Um, I gotta have to check out more of Hello My Twenties. I think that's worth it. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna list list that one just yet. And one more time for sure is not ending up on my list. Um, if you've seen it, if you love it, 
you're going to have to make a case to me to keep on going. Um, the last one we checked out, which I think Jeff just tiptoed into and I watched the whole first episode of, was a show called Descendants of the Sun. That's a show I had heard was a massive smash success overseas. Um, one of the more fascinating first nine minutes of a show I've ever seen and that it portrayed a militaristic conflict between North Korea and South Korea in like this really weird action hero movie kind of way. But I couldn't believe they were dealing with what I would have to assume is such a real geopolitical issue like in this k-drama like military violence between these you know at odds factions in korea was just wild to me but like with the rest of them it wasn't actually about at least for the amount i watched it wasn't really about the war or the conflict it was about the young people who were involved in it so it seems like all these k-dramas just like you would expect from a, a drama sort of a show just focus on those individual experiences those emotional experiences that we as an audience are sort of supposed to tap into and be able to exercise our own feelings through them. But that barrier was just way too heavy right now. I think of these, the one that's going to end up on my list is Strong Girl Bong Soon once I've watched some more K-drama. I think that's a good point, Jeff, that we just need to have our feet under us a little bit more before we can really evaluate that one. And I think with a lot of these shows, intertwining plots and multiple subplots and you know, kind of complex narrative structures are just what you're getting. So they're going to get a lot better the more that we watch, right? It's like any drama, like Grey's Anatomy, for example. The more you watch, the more cash you have, the more you can dip into that emotional well and let, not think so much about what's happening. That's our verdict on K-dramas so far. We're going to be trying at least two more for our next Showbros episode, where we're just going to, again, try to be finding those hidden gems, finding our next obsession. Uh, the first show we're going to watch is called Black, which is available on Netflix. It's about the Grim Reaper all about mm -hmm. it it's kind of my kind of my aesthetic right now is grim reaper <laughs> and beating again which i don't even want to tell you about i want that to be a surprise because when i read the log line i was like we gotta watch this it's out of control yep. so be buckled <laughs> up for that one um jeff any closing remarks on those first 4k drama shows we watched i don't know if i have too much to add on k drama yet clearly it's something that we have you know done a decent amount of kind of digging into on a just a periphery level of watching things i'm excited to dig a little bit deeper and do a little more research just for my own interest uh but again you know a big part of this show and its new direction is is just trying things once and and being able to say like hey this really isn't for me and i think by the next time i'll really be able to say whether k-drama is something that i that i want to keep exploring or not and i think that's pretty sweet absolutely if you're a k-drama fan if you're a k-drama enthusiast we'd love to hear from you um you can hit us up on Twitter at Showbros Podcast or email us showbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, and also, if you don't want to see such a long break between your beloved Showbros episodes, drop us a review on iTunes or hit us up on that email or that Twitter. That's the fuel that keeps this show running as well as it can. Um, my final, final, final statement for this episode, Jeff. Are you ready, Jeff? I'm ready. There's a scene in Strong Girl... Oh, fuck, I have, to, I have to remember the thing I wrote down. Fuck. Fuck! Well, Matt takes his time doing that. I do want to let everybody know, and this probably won't make it into the edit, but uh, our Skype cut out halfway through the recording of this, and I left a four-minute message for Matt about <laughs> how to make the best Reuben sandwich he could make. <laughs> I will include it in our Someday Patreon in case you want that Reuben recipe. You know what? We're ending on Reuben. We will talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Let's see everybody.
okay? You're going to pile that meat. Meat, 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 meat on the bread. Right? Now you're going to take some slaw. Now it's important when you make the slaw, and I'm talking to you, Matthew, 